Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. I have a very simple message that I want you to listen to that you will benefit from. I don't care what shape you're in. I don't care how old you are or how old you are not. I want you to repeat three words after me. God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. God is faithful. How many of you will say amen? He certainly is. God is faithful. One of the things that I tell you all a lot is that one of the jobs of the shepherd is to watch, but it is to prepare. And all of us say this, and we know that God is faithful, but we don't embrace his faithfulness. We talk about it, but when something that's overwhelming invades our space, we kind of not consciously push it to the side, but, but we allow that truth to just get lost in the shuffle somewhere. And I, I'll tell you that the devil helps out with that too because he knows how powerful it is when a believer understands that God is faithful in this, in you, in me, in it, in everything. Satan knows that when you embrace that and that's how you live and that's how you operate, he knows that he really doesn't have a, not even a crack that he can weasel his way into. There are several things in the Bible that just attest to this. But I want to tell you that if you don't understand God is faithful, the closer we get to the trumpet sounding and the, that eastern sky splitting open, um, I'm telling you, we will, again, lose what we know to be true. Can y'all uh, take care of that back screen for me, uh, Derek, if you would? It's, it's got problems, and it's not wanting to be in church today. So it don't have to be in church. It can just go to sleep, go off, amen? But not me and you. That's a machine. Me and you, we got to be here. We can't forsake the assembling of ourselves. Because as we get closer to the, uh, to the Lord, as we get closer to the Lord's return and the eastern sky splitting, then this is what's going to happen. And, you know, I've, I've been kind of beating around the bush with this, but I just want to be direct. Satan is going to come in like a flood, and he's going to try to, to overwhelm you. He's going to create situations. He's going to create things. He's going to uh, maybe even put you in the path of sickness. And what you got to understand is your, your physical pain can reach a level where you don't even really focus on the truth that you know that God is faithful. And folks, uh, I want to tell you this, that you, you have to tell yourself all the time, this is bad, but God is faithful. This is wrong, 
but God is faithful. That's talking about the world. That is pure sick and evil, but God is faithful. Because if you don't, and I, this is the third time I've said the word embrace on purpose, but if you don't embrace the faithfulness of God, what will happen because of your flesh that thing will eclipse the truth that you know. It will, it, it will eclipse what you know to be true, and that is that God is faithful. I don't doubt one person in this sanctuary believes that God is faithful. I don't even care if you really consider yourself a diehard Christian. I believe you know because he's God, he is faithful. Now, because he's God and he's faithful doesn't mean that when I pray for the Lord to turn this over in my life and make this beautiful or load me down with something that I really don't need. God's faithfulness is not based on what he does for me when I pray. That sounds very contradictory to a lot of our belief system. God's not on a, a, a bell curve, we used to call it in, in school. God's not on a, a grading system. He's faithful because he's God. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's God that made you out of dust and he made me out of dust. He's faithful because he spoke the worlds into existence. He's faithful because he loved you enough to send his son to die to pardon your sins. He's faithful because everything he said he would do in his holy word, he has done, he is doing, and he will do it. It's not based on what's going on in my life. It's never based on that. But I will point out seven things that God is faithful in or with. Did you know that in temptation, when you were faithful, when you were being tempted, even in the midst of temptation, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, God's faithful. There hath no, you can read it with me, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is, say it, church. But God is faithful. No temptation that a man will ever face that God won't be faithful. Did you hear what I just told you? No temptation. No temptation at all. Where God won't be faithful to his word in your life. God won't even allow you to be tempted above what you were able. Now, you know, a lot of people say, God won't put on you more than, than you can bear, than you can stand. Hey, what God says is he will not suffer you to be tempted above your threshold, your breaking point, where you are in your relationship with him. God won't allow you. But... He will take the temptation that you have or you've gone through or will go through. He will take the temptation 
And he will create a way to escape so that you can bear it. That means that you can endure, you can outlast the temptation that you're going through. Why does he do all that? Because he's faithful. You get tempted as a Christian, but God is faithful. For the sinner that hadn't even called on God yet, God is still faithful. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, we will find out quickly He's faithful and He will do His part every single time. But he's also faithful not just in temptation, but he's faithful in my suffering and in your suffering. 1 Peter 4, 19 tells us, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. Doing good is what he's saying. Even when you are suffering, you still have an obligation to do good. As unto a faithful creator, meaning that God, even though you are suffering and he wants you to do good, that, that he's going to still stand by being your creator, being faithful to you. Is everybody listening to this today? You might not need this right now, you may say to yourself. But I want you to take this like this is the only food you're going to eat for 40 days because you don't know what's ahead of you, church. I want it all to be banana pudding. But it's not all going to be banana pudding. And you need to understand, I'm talking to you as a pastor now, as a shepherd. You need to understand, regardless of what I go through, you never blame God. You never ignore God. You, you never just take a break from God because God is faithful through everything, even in your suffering. You got to remember, He created you. He don't make something and throw it away. He is a faithful creator. I've been quoting for weeks. He that begun a good work in you, We'll be faithful till the day of completion. So even in your suffering, I'm telling you, you need to understand, with all the tears, with all the pain, with all the assaults, whatever you face or dislike, God is faithful and he's going to be faithful to you by his word. That's why I said heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. He's faithful in making sure that his word outlasts and it fulfills everything he said it will fulfill. Including, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, David said. I know you'd heard that, but it's time to hear it again. Even when I don't believe, the fourth thing, even when I don't believe because God didn't do it the last time I asked it or God didn't do it this way or that way, even when I don't believe, the Bible says God is still faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13, if we believe not, yet he abideth, hallelujah, faithful. Most of us would pout and walk away and all that. But God says, even if you don't believe in me, 
I'm still going to be faithful to you. He cannot deny himself. He's faithful, you see. He can't even go against who he is, his nature, or what he is. He's a faithful God. Even if the church don't believe him, even if the whole body of Christ, it be possible that they didn't believe, God would still be faithful. Because he can't deny his nature. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 and 13, be loyal to being saved. Is what you ought to think about. Your walk, my walk. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, without taking a second thought or kind of a dropping our head or our shoulders, look down, look up last week. Nope. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Today is not the day to flirt with sin or play around with salvation, getting saved. It's not, this is not the time. I told one or two people this week, um, I don't even know what church they might go to, but I told them, I said, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, go to church. This is the worst time in the history of mankind. Do not be in church. Worst time you could possibly ever forsake the assembling of yourself. The worst time. This is the worst time. God is faithful. So I need to make sure in my walk that I don't ever get loose with my, with my salvation. I don't need to take it for granted. I need to hold fast to the fact that he saved me and that I am saved and I'm on my way to glory. Hallelujah, because he promised that to me. He is faithful, that promise. You know that God called you, and he is faithful. That's why he called you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, faithful is he that called you. Now listen to this, who will also do it. You know, sometimes Derek will play a song that has the words, I've seen you move, I've seen you move mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I am telling every believer right now, you need to know like you know your name better than you know your name. That God is going to do that thing in your life that he's left you here on this earth to do it. We spend too many days looking for fireworks. I do. Now, I do. Me. I'm looking for the big explosions and God says, whoa, whoo. I'm still that small, quiet voice, little small voice here. And I got to remember that God's perfecting a work in me. I'm, I, you are not a microwave project. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this. You're more like a, like a crock pot item. Slow cooker. God's 
forming you. He's making you. That's why we are growing. That graphic I shared at the very end of service about growing in our relationship disciple, that middle, being discipled, that middle category. God's working on you. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and how loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. He will do it, church, because he's faithful. A word before I go on any farther. You may be struggling with how to kind of wrap your mind around this, but I want to tell you this today. Say the word obligated. That might help you just a little bit if you are confused about the word faithful. If I give you money for a collard sandwich, I didn't talk about fish. Collards is going to be there too. But if I gave you no, let's, let's, let's swap it. If you gave me a collard sandwich and they were $5 a piece, do you know even if I eat that collard sandwich standing right in front of you and I, I walk off and forget and get, I am still obligated to pay you that $5. You know why? Because I took something that you made. It was your property. And now I'm obligated. Or change it back. If I gave you $5, you are obligated, even if you hadn't bought the stuff yet, if you hadn't grown the collards yet, you're obligated to give me that collard sandwich. For the second time today, you were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. God is faithful. You are the property of God. God is obligated because of His Word to make sure there is a plan of redemption, salvation. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Has that been done yet? Yes, it has. It's called the old rugged cross. It's called an empty grave. It's been done. God was obligated to restore you back because we were his property in the first place. He was obligated to provide a way of escape, a way to get out of the mess that sin had gotten us in. That's why we say God's faithful, church. He comes through every single time on what he has said. He does it. And whatever is going on or has gone on in your life, you need to remember this. If you follow God and do what you're supposed to do, you are going to enjoy the faithfulness of God in every step of your life. They will be painful steps. There will be confusing steps. But you will see how God, how many of you ever said, I went through this, but God carried me through it. I should have died, but what? God carried me through it. That's his faith because he's obligated to you through his word. Some people take this and, man, they'll just, God ain't obligated to you. You know, they'll, people are real good at 
twisting scripture and coming up with man-made doctrine. But when I tell you he's obligated to you, I'm telling you you're his child. You've been washed in the blood, you're his child. He, I've said it, he finishes what he started. So don't get weary in well-doing right now. Don't get upset because it hadn't happened yet in your life. You prayed about it, but it hadn't happened. Let, let, let me just give you another um, proof that you can't, you, you can't deny. Nobody in here can deny this. God does more for you than you don't pray about than you ever could pray about. All right? How many blood cells did you pray for God to purify and sterilize and not be infected while you slept last night? A show of hands, please. Thank you. How many of you prayed, God, would you keep the rhythm of my heart rate and my lungs all synchronized along with the rest of my digestive tract while I... How many of you prayed that last night? How many of you prayed, Lord, uh, and some of you may raise your hand on this, God, protect my family as we travel today because I realize there's people that have not been saved by the blood of Jesus that kill with cars, automatic rifles, that kill with their tongues, yet people still live, that kill with bombs, that kill with drugs. We can go do this a long time, I know. Some of you, yeah, I, I do pray and cover my family because I made that clear about a week or two ago. But do you see what I'm saying? We, God is so faithful to you, you don't even understand it. He does so much that you never even would think to ask him to do. You can't, who can know the mind of Christ? Who can understand the human body? That's why doctors are still practicing medicine. They, they'll never perfect it. So church, listen to me today. The devil's going to play with your mind. He may do it through your body or through a scenario or things in your walk or your life, but I want you to know this. God's obligated to you. God is faithful to you whether you understand it, whether you see it or not. And because you prayed about something and it didn't work out, that does not determine his faithfulness. His word determines his faithfulness. I know I've got to move on, but God's position you is the seventh thing I wanted to tell you. Not only is God going to do it, in your life, but God's positioned you for where you are right now. Back in the second letter to the Thessalonian church, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. God's positioned you. He established you. That means he's going to put you stationary steady. That's what that means. Where you are is where you're supposed to be right now. It don't feel good. I don't like it. I know somebody else that don't do what I do, but they're better off than I do. That has nothing to do with the faithfulness, God, in your life. Quit comparing. Quit judging. I do that enough for all of us, and I have to repent on a regular basis. Church has been in existence 10 years, running 40,000 people. 
uh, or, or more and all that. You keep doing all these things. You, you Do y'all, hey, I told you I was talking to you as a pastor. Do you hear where I'm coming from today? The devil will help you out. You'll never be short on resources from hell to get you off of the faithfulness of God. Because I got a home waiting on me in glory, all because the Lord is faithful. I've got a brand new body waiting on me. If me and Chris could get two other people, we could sing that for you. Yes, we could. I've got a brand new body waiting on me in glory because God is faithful. I've got a nephew. I've got a mama. I've got a brother, friend, pastor in the Lord. I've got grandmas and grandpas, church members, and people that I have known through my life that are in glory that I'm going to see because God is faithful, you see. Has nothing to do with what's going on that I did or didn't pray about. Nothing at all to do with that. Yes, he's done this. You see, you absolutely cannot walk in the Word or you can't physically walk and, and, and lean on something at the same time. All right? I can't walk right now because I'm leaning, right? Everybody agrees on that. And if, if I'm walking, I can't lean because I'm walking. Lean not. Hallelujah. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, root word of knowledge, no. All your ways, acknowledge, no. Know what? No, God is faithful. In all your ways, no. Walk in the word, no. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will do what? Show you where to go, what to do, where to stay away from, how to handle it. But if you keep leaning to what you know or what happened the last time you fasted or the last time you prayed, it's over with because you can't lean and walk at the same time. If you lean on you long enough, you's going to let you down. If you lean on somebody else long enough, they're going to let you down. If you lean on something long enough, it's going to let you down. But the Word of God, again, second time today for that. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not what I know. And I know the truth will set me free, and it'll never change. About the beginning of this week, trying to finish, God just had me to start, um, led me to the book of Mark. I don't know why. I would understand Luke or John. I'm partial to those. I don't love one more than the other, but the Lord just says, start in Mark 1 reading. And there's good stuff. You know, all the Gospels, how they tell uh, their own take on the miracles and the life of Jesus and all that. Let me tell you what happened. Yesterday morning, real early, I was reading in the sixth chapter of Mark. And I, read, I got to that story. You know, Jesus had just led the... He had led, led the... Uh, 
70 out, or, or he dispatched them. said, I give you power over, uh, you know, demons and devils and sickness and all that. And then Herod had heard about all that going on because he heard a lot about Jesus through John the Baptist, all right? And he really liked John the Baptist a whole lot. And he thought, oh, my goodness, John the Baptist is arisen from the dead. He was worried about that. And if you keep reading in Luke, it gives you the backstory behind all that, which I'm going to share. Uh, in fact, uh, let's, let's read that right quick, if we could. Verse 13. Uh, verse 16, I'm sorry. But when Herod heard it, he said, This is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, It's not law for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore Herodias, which was her name, held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she couldn't. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and a holy man, and he protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Then an opportune day. See, the devil always waiting. That's what he told when Jesus was tempted, you know, three temp the temptations we read about, wilderness. Um, he, he said that he was going away, or the Bible tells us, until a more opportune time. And we know that opportune time, fast forward, when we see Judas Iscariot in the garden coming to kiss him. That was the opportune time. Because he tried to kill him many times during his ministry. Thank you. And so, the Bible says, Then an opportune day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a feast for his nobles, the high officers and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias daughter came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him. The king said to the girl, girl, ask me whatever you want. I'll give it to you. He swore to her, whatever you ask me, I'll give you up the half of my kingdom. I'm confused about that, but I'm going to keep reading. So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist, immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want to, you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And that's exactly what took place. The king was very disturbed, heartbroken, but to save face, and because he made an oath, he had to fulfill it. That's what happened. Now, let me tell you what God did with me yesterday morning. He took me back about 25 years. To teach me a lesson on understanding the embrace, embracing his faithfulness. Whether you want to go down this road or not in your own life, you're about to take a road trip like I did. Because God taught me something that I needed to understand about his faithfulness that's going to help me from this day forward. And that's this right here. 
the, the reason I said that I don't understand I was confused about that girl, number one, she had to have some mean dance moves for him to ask her that. This was technically his niece, by the way. <clears throat> but why would you go ask your mama that's married if the man is willing to give you half the kingdom? Who do you need to ask? What do I need to ask him for? Give me half the kingdom. Right, church? I mean, we're not talking about like a $50 Lowe's gift card or nothing like that. We talk about half the kingdom. That means the money. That means the land. That means, the, uh, uh, that means all the livestock. That means the servants. That means the property. That means the authority. She didn't do that. And when she went to her mother, her mother didn't say, yes, girl. But her mother taught me and you a story, a lesson rather. And that is that opportune thing. You see, because bitterness inside of her and vengeance was more valuable to her than half the kingdom. 25 years ago, and y'all know all kinds of bits and pieces of my story, but for time's sake and those who may know anything, I want you to hear this. I'd gone through a situation, and I didn't understand. Uh, I thought everything was laid out before me. It was, but not what I could see. And I got to a place where I thought I had dealt with bitterness and unforgiveness and that I had forgiven because it came out of my lips. Does the church hear me? It came out of my lips. But in my heart, it was still camping out. And every time this individual's name was called, hair would stand up on the back of my neck because the rewind button would be rewound the tape, and I'd start playing things that I'd gone through with, that I had to deal with. And you know where I was? Back at square one. But I'd tell you, I'd tell, oh, it's good, man. It's under the blood. It's all good. And one day, there's only maybe, I don't even know if a dozen of us are here, that were over at 106 Johns Road. And we were getting the building ready. It was August of 1998. We just started in November the year before. And I was in that building one day, and the Holy Ghost quickened me. And this is what he said. He said, if you do not relinquish that, this is as far right here where you are as this ministry will ever go. Now, I'd, I'd, already, I'd already talked to the individual two or three times. Said, hey, if I'd done anything, forgive me and all that, and I meant it. Because I actually was thinking that things were going to go back to the way they were. Get... And so I, I was saying it. But can I tell you something for absolutely free this morning? I don't care what you say. God knows your heart. 
That's why David said, Search me, O God, search me. Search my heart and see if there's any wicked thing in there. Because, see, God was in the process of he will do it. God, the faithful God that called him out of a, a sheep herd, pasturing sheep, God called him. God was doing a mighty thing, more than half of a kingdom, more than building a church, more than buying a school. God was doing a mighty thing. In, his, in fact, Jesus Christ would be born through that lineage, the line of the tribe of Judah. That's why David knew he had to pray that prayer. And God, through a lot of praying, through a lot of praying, through a lot of praying and repenting to God. See, I done went to the, the individual. I got released. I felt when I, when I knew, and that's when I, I, God started, things just started happening. Doors started opening. People started coming. And I can tell all of you here, and I've, I've, I've talked to the pastor. I've seen him on two or three occasions. Been fine, all that. Never had this discussion. But if he needed me right now, I would get in my car after this service is dismissed and I'd go to where he is. I'd do anything I could to help him. Because all the bitterness I had turned into a compassion and love. I couldn't do that. Now, I'm telling you, my wife knows I couldn't do that. But God did that. And you see what happened here. They got John the Baptist's head on a platter, but it wasn't worth one cent to that girl. She not only did the devil kill, but then he caused her mama to commit murder, and he stole from her. I guarantee you, I don't care if she got the best paying job in town. She never made as much money as half the kingdom. Now let's take that back to why God showed me all of that that I've never seen. I said, I, I've read that, preached that story, and I've never thought about, man, half the kingdom. Who would give up something? God says people do it all the time. Because seeing you suffer is more valuable than what I can't see that God's just got waiting on me. Nobody has to amen. Nobody has to claw, uh, uh, applause or clap. But I'm telling you right now, I'm preaching to every breathing human in this building and those that's not in this building that's listening by internet, radio, and some part of the earth. By the way, the Lord laid it on my heart. I don't know where you are, what part of the earth you're in, and Tuesday of next week, but I'm talking to somebody somewhere in some country, some city, some nation that the Lord ha had me to relay a message to you. If you will let God have full control, you will see his faithfulness and, and, and you resolve what's wrong. God will work a miracle that you've never even asked him for. I don't even know who I'm talking to, church.
I don't know what country. I know God says specifically this internet radio thing that, that we reach out through. So that's for you, ma'am, sir, church, whoever, wherever that is. And in closing, I, I want to tell you, church, because of, it, it may not be Herodias' bitterness, it, it, it may be lust, or it may be something else. When we allow anything to kind of reside in our hearts, what it can do, we'll say God is faithful, but it'll, it'll eclipse, it, it'll kind of cover that where we don't mean it and believe it by our heart when we're told the worst news in the world. We won't be able to stand in the midst of adversity. We won't be able to stand in the midst of pain and suffering and say, but I know, and I've told this story, and I promise I'll ask you to stand after this. I won't never forget many years ago, and it hadn't been long, I don't think, since I said this. I told you about when the, all the race car uh, folks were on the plane that crashed on the way to uh, Virginia or whatever, and the pastor that uh, where I still uh, listen to, said, I won't never forget going into that home that day after that happened. And that mother, and this is the wife of Rick Hendrick, I believe, I walked in there in the bedroom, and she was on her knees crying with her hands in the air, saying, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's knowing that God is faithful right there. Now, I want you to stand if you can. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. He's a faithful God, church, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him. Now, you got to hear that. And keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I need to read that again. Know that the Lord, thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant. This is Deuteronomy 7, by the way, if you want to look it up later. And mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So what does that mean, Opie? That means those people that are doing this right here, you're keeping this commandment and you're not doing like this. You're not, you're not, you're not figuring it out. You got to keep his commandments in order to recognize and enjoy his faithfulness, church. See, that's what's going to get us home. In the midst of this world, it ain't getting better. It's going to get worse. If somebody, one or two, this, how much more can we take? Because God's faithful, we can take anything hell can dish out until God gets us home because God's faithful. The world's going to eat itself up, explode on itself. It's going to do all those things. But we know God is faithful. And that's why we don't lean like the world is doing a lot of leaning. That's why there's a lot of falling going on. And I'm glad that Jesus took his job so serious. Hebrews 2, 17. 
Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. The Lord is faithful, church. I want every single person that's doubted the faithfulness of God or you haven't understood it or you don't feel like you've fully embraced it. I I want you to come to this altar if you would right now. I've been struggling with it. I've forgotten. This has happened to me and I've just forgotten that God's faithful. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath, and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. 
So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.